I need to ask the question, how much does Phantom Liberty redeem Cyberpunk 2077? See, here's the fun thing. It it didn't need to be redeemed any more than what it was. It had already gotten redeemed with the 2.0 update that dropped right before the DLC launched. The DLC just took it above and beyond. Okay. You're complicating the thumbnail, Noah. <laughs> that's that's exactly uh, what my role is. That so, entire thing is so, written on the thumbnail. Yeah, like, fine print. <laughs> like a, that's a that's three the text, text we're putting line. On the thumbnail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not actually Phantom Liberty that is the best part. It is the 2.0 update. Yeah. Hashtag real. Um, it, okay, what was the 2.0 update? It was basically just revamping the whole game? It made it a new game, essentially. Um, all the stuff that, you know, years ago when people first saw um, Cyberpunk and kind of got all of us hyped, It this is where it's at now with the 2.0 so they reworked the entire perk system and the ripper dock like the cyberware enhancements they um completely revamped it with a new like skill tree system um and before you were kind of stuck with the route that you you know made your character and what you specced into but now you can refund those skill points free and as much as you want so at any time you can be like, oh, I want to try out this new build. If you want to do like a Mantis Blade build, or if you want to do more of a gunplay build, or my favorite, which is what I use throughout the Phantom Liberty DLC, which is a stealth like throwing knife crit build. Um, but being able to change that on the fly and just try out something new and not have to invest like currency or anything like that, uh, such a good. I love the change. It it's enticing me to go back and just replay the game again. That's a nice um, touch because I like the fact that uh, more games are making respecting cheap or free, and mm-hmm. I don't mind paying for respecking. I you know as a Borderlands player, it's super cheap to do it. You can pretty much do it yeah. at your heart's desire. Um, so it. It, it kind of feels like Mario lives at this point. Like, do we really need lives? Like, just make it free so that you can pretty <laughs> much do it whenever you want. So yeah. I like that change. That sounds great. Yeah. the um, Even the cyberware got a complete rework. So there's new enhancements. There's ways you can upgrade the tiers to your cyberware. Um, there's so much that is all of the quality of life improvements that everybody's been asking for and everybody wanted day one it's it's here now so i i think that 2.0 kind of completed the redemption arc that cyberpunk needed and phantom liberty just went above and beyond uh, as much as i love the liberty dlc i think if they wouldn't have done a dlc if they would have just started work on the second one after the 2.0 update i think that the game is masterful like they could have stopped there but they didn't they gave us this really good 10 20 hour dlc that is just um 
it's very very beefy um but before i get into that that's the the reworks to the perks and the cyberware isn't the only thing um they actually updated police awareness and the lethality they kind of have like a wanted system that uh, is very familiar to gta so now if you're running through or driving through and you you hit somebody (laughs) just run them over um you'll hear in the background like, oh, hey, call the cops or something like that. And if you come back to that area, there will be police patrolling that area and then they'll start you know, chasing you down. If you kill them, it elevates like a star level. So that that's a fun thing to do and try and avoid. Um, Which is kind of like the GTA like star yeah, level. Yeah, it's very correct. much, very, yeah, very much. Like it Which, gets increasingly um, difficult the more stars you get. Okay, yeah. Which, if I'm remember, if I'm remembering right, like the cops pretty much did nothing in the game beforehand. They just kind of stood around yeah, a lot of the time. They were they were irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, they they were very non-responsive. Um, you could just run by and you know just shoot civilians, and they would just be like, "Oh, did you hear something?" You know, like they would be very unaware. But now they're a lot more. Um, I guess intertwined in the game. Like you have to actually think about, you know, where you're doing engagements. If you're doing like gig side missions, side quest stuff like that. And this was um, happening on all platforms before the the yes. police AI. Yeah, yeah. They okay. had slowly um, throughout their small balance changes over the past, you know, two years. Uh, they had done like small tweaks to do little. Uh, improvements this was a big big rework and a big update um and so yeah you can either like um like in some of my uh time playing it i wanted to see like how far you know you could go with the police um you can either like you know fight them kill them all out or you can actually drive away now and shoot back um which is a new feature with 2.0 the car shooting um it's not the most in-depth or crazy thing, but it's just a little, I guess, icing on the cake that they didn't really need to do, but I actually like it. Um, there's some side quest that actually you steal a car and you have to take it to a certain location. Um, and as you're going, there'll actually be bandits who are trying to get the car back that you have to fight off doing the car shooting segments so it's kind of a little easy way to introduce players like hey there's this new mechanic um like i said it's not the craziest thing in the world but it, it's nice little touch it's really nice right now because i i played cyberpunk 2077 when it originally came out and i didn't have a good time with it and i'm not sure the things that i outside of you know all that kind of ai stuff and certain things i'm not sure if the gunplay and things like that would feel any better and whatnot but it's nice that at this point we are talking about cyberpunk 2077 and we're talking about the actual like merits of cyberpunk 2077 yeah all this stuff like this is this is nice right now i like this the guns feel phenomenal um they're a lot lot more smoother um the recoil i can can definitely um, say that yes yeah the recoil smoother it's easier to control it doesn't feel as i'm not sure it feels like they boosted up the aim assist a little bit on controller um whenever i first played it definitely felt like there was no aim assist um 
like the game was built for M and K. It didn't um, even. I, I can't even say it didn't feel like there was no Amosis. It just felt like what because there was, but it still it <sighs> clunky is the only word I can think yeah. of. Like you aim down I mean, sights and it just floaty, maybe a little bit too. Uh, I don't even know. I'd have to play it again, you know, beforehand, but mm-hmm. it did not feel good. It, it it just it feels so smooth and fluid to play now. Um, That's good to hear. All all the guns, like snipers, feel good. Uh, the submachine guns, they actually feel like submachine guns where it's good up close. Um, your ARs have a lot more range. Um, the shotguns are devastating, you know, in close quarters, like they should be. Um, they've dropped in a bunch of cosmetic items now with 2.0. Um, just, you know, not even getting into the DLC, the game is is capped off an amazing comeback. Um, I, I, one of my favorite fulfillments for me was one of the Phantom Liberty trailers dropped, and at the end of it, Idris Elba says, oh, and by the way, the game's fixed. You know, that's kind of, <laughs> it's a good sentiment that CD was, they acknowledged that the game was, you know, not what they wanted, and they, they stuck with it. They fixed it. They listened to feedback. Uh, just, I can't praise this team enough for sticking with it. You know, we talked earlier about, like, hopefully this is becoming more of a, industry standard now to stick with games instead of just writing them off, you know, and cutting your losses and being done with it. Well, I think there's a, uh, there's a lot of games that do that. Um, let's just take battlefield 2042, for example, like it, it is, it is what it is. They're making improvements, but those improvements ne- aren't necessarily significant enough to draw in the battlefield fans again. Whereas this it just recognized what it is. And we're like, okay, how do we actually create the game that we really wanted to create and made the those people were excited changes? for? It, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the word of mouth garners, is getting out. Yeah, it garnered interest. Um, we saw that a little bit, um, or actually a lot, whenever the Edge Runners anime dropped, and you saw that huge resurgence back in. And this was, you know, way before 2.0 was even really revealed. And people were like, hey, the game's in such a good enough state now. Let's go back and revisit it. You know because the anime got them wanting to play the game and stuff like that. And now this is an even bigger reason to come back or try it out for the first time. Uh, By the way, the dash know. is amazing. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's um, one of the actual um, new skills in the tree was um, that I abused the heck out of <laughs> um, is if you, um, one of your cyberware enhancements is you can do a double jump. And I paired that with a skill um, or a perk that if I dash in the air, it doesn't drain my stamina bar. So you can just d- jump, dash, jump, dash, you know, and get some really fun mobility, gameplay, and movements. Oh, so, so fun to do. I. I just love this game so much. Uh, but yeah, 2.0 is another reason for people to jump back in. Um, I've seen multiple like content creators, streamers, you know, that have gone in now with the DLC and with the 2.0 update. And are like, this game's phenomenal. Like I've seen multiple talk about how good the game feels. 
Um, so it's just, it's very nice to see more people are, you know, able to hop in and enjoy, um, just a base experience. Um, you know, not excluding the DLC, which I'm about to hop into. Um, this looks to be one of the opening missions. Um, so premise for those that don't know, or haven't seen any of the, the footage, um, Phantom Liberty is all about the spy thriller, espionage, you know, secret, secret agent, that whole genre. It's kind of a, a love letter to it. Um, so you're basically doing your own thing, chilling out, and you get uh, contacted by a new character who's a net runner named Songbird. And it's like, hey, the president's being attacked. Um, the plane's going down in this new area called Dogtown. Um, I want you to exfil the president, get her out, that kind of thing. Um, and so from there, you meet the this new president you meet this new character named songbird um, and the story moves along and that's when you get introduced to one of the highlights of the dlc which is idris elba's character solomon reed and he is phenomenal in this role i can't say enough good things about his performance um, all of their performances really but if you've ever wanted to play a DLC where every character, every line of dialogue, they, you know, you interact with them. It's, are they telling me the truth or are they going to stab me in the back? It's like that the whole time. The tension is there. You don't really know who to trust. Um, there's twist turns, you know, all the fun spy thriller. There's, backstabbing you know there's story unfold secrets everything that you would want in a story is jam-packed into this little 10 to 20 hour experience um they the dialogue is exceptional that's even a word it's so good um I just can't, I'm just gushing thinking about uh because I've played through it three times now I've done three different endings uh they're all vastly different and all emotionally, you know, riveting. Like you're just, some of them, you know, even I'm like, okay, this is the one I want to be my ending. Cause it's the one that I did first. The other ones, you're just playing them just to get the trophy and see what the differences are. And you're just like in tears, you know, and your heart's pounding just because of the way their performances are the lighting with, you know, cutscenes all that stuff so yeah i believe there's five total endings um one actually adds a new ending to the main game which i appreciated i I didn't think they were going to do that um but adding a new ending to the to the main experience was definitely definitely a big win for me it's the second one that i did actually um yeah the there's dogtown's a lot bigger i guess i'll hit on that next dogtown's a lot bigger than what i expected to be it's actually a pretty good chunk of the town um and you meet a couple of uh you don't really do a lot of um side missions there's only one or two um there is one npc that you do gigs for again uh his name is mr hands 
but yeah, you'll get some gigs to do, you know, kind of in your off time, you know, in between missions and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's such a masterfully done experience. I, I can't say enough positive things. I, I really just want to hop off this podcast whenever we get done and play some more. <laughs> it, it's really making me want to play through the game again and, you know, solidified my love for this game and the world. Well, so, apparently it's, it's, it's not been, good enough because you're here on the podcast versus Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. You true. just weren't here. That is true. I mean, I could change well, that. He was real going quick to pick he just, like, up leaves. Zelda. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, he went to go pick up Zelda. Yeah, I understand that. But he played it after, like he ditched us to go pick it up. It, which you I'll know, be honest, it's you played it right, it, right after you picked it up. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. See, you're lucky. I've played through it three times, so I was able to take a break That's enough true. to show up. So <laughs> you you have clearly put in work. I put in a ton of time, and each playthrough can be different. You know, like I said, you can spec um, to do different builds, different playstyles. Um, there's just so much to do and enjoy in this game, and there's so many Easter eggs. Um, one that I, somebody found online, uh, I missed it. I'm very mad at that. I missed it. Um, it, kind of the early part of the game, you have to call Idris Elba's character and it's this old, like retro looking phone. Um, your character's like, how do I even use this? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, and you're given a specific phone number to call and, I didn't notice it until after and when I saw the video, but on the wall behind the phone is a set of numbers written on like a, a piece of paper, post-it note kind of thing. If you call the that number instead of the one that you're given, it plays the Witcher 3 theme music <laughs> as like a waiting. And I thought I was so mad that I didn't get that. Uh, that's uh, good. Yeah, so good. And there's also um, lots of Easter eggs. Uh, I found a car that was a tribute to Kim Block. They actually put a themed car as like an homage to him in the game, uh, which was really cool. Uh, uh, and then I guess the last thing I'll hit on because he's one of my favorite characters in the game. Uh, for those who are wondering, yes, Johnny's back. Uh, he comes back and he's better than ever. He's such a good companion, you know, with you throughout this experience. He delivers all of the great one-liners, the snarky, but also very sentimental, you know, tough guy exterior, but he actually cares for your, um, for V. He's back. I really enjoy it. It was nice to see him back again. I didn't realize how much I would enjoy just listening to him talk it up with V. Uh, yeah, it, it it elevates Cyberpunk into a masterful game. I I can't say enough good things about it. How is uh, Idris Elba's performance? I I think it goes unsaid. It's he knocks it out of the park. Like I, I don't okay. know if, yeah, he. Well, you know, some like people said, get him, awkward when it comes to the video game portion. You know, well, he. I mean, he's flawless in it. Um, 
him, Songbird. There's a full list of um, characters that you interact with um, that are kind of your companions, if you want to call them that, for this DLC. Um, but it being with the spy, thriller, espionage, you know, conspiracy uh, theme, like I said, him, Songbird, they do such a good job of you don't know who to trust throughout the entire expansion. Cause there are events that happen where you're like, oh, okay, like I, I see the good in this person, but then something will happen and you're like, that was a jerk move. <laughs> like you stabbed <laughs> this person in the back three times in a row, or you left this person for dead, but you also just saved my life. Like, how do I feel about you kind of thing? Yeah. Um, but just the tonality that they speak in, um, the script, all of it, it's it's a revolving puzzle of you don't know who to trust, who's got your back, who's not. And that really makes the choices that you decide on gut-wrenching because you're like, I, I don't know which one to choose. And so you end up just like on my first playthrough, you close your eyes and you just press a button. You know, you don't really want to make that choice because it's so, so difficult. Uh, like how a lot of games are like, hey, you can kind of tell which way the story's going to go if you pick this this choice versus the other one. You really have no idea which way, uh, which way the endings are going to go and how the when the dust settles, who's going to be left standing. So yeah, masterful, phenomenal exhilarating just all of the all the adjectives just go play this game it's like you just said the bugs are gone because i i didn't really experience any bugs in this i was expecting some you know i was expecting some performance issues but no yeah it ran smooth flawless uh cyberpunk's back and now we just gotta wait 20 years for the sequel (laughs) yeah which i am excited the people who led the 2.0 update and the phantom liberty dlc are actually spearheading the sequel so that puts a lot of uh good faith in me so yeah i love this game it's one of my favorites of all time uh even before 2.0 now it just solidifies and hopefully it entices other people to to join in the cyberpunk cult that we are top I'm five glad they oh to- easy easy top five okay i'm i'm I- glad they've managed to fix what they have here because like they and do so well because they have lost a lot of talent as well when it comes mm-hmm. to like the writing and such because i know that that wasn't necessarily the issue in uh Cyberpunk 2077. There were issues, but it wasn't the main issue. Uh, but like yeah, the it was guy mostly who's like gameplay. Yeah, the guy who's directing Alan Wake Two. Uh, the one of the people who wrote like one of The Witcher's best stories uh, is apparently now over at um. What's the other uh, the people who did Dying Light? Uh, it's uh, is that Techland? I think so. It, it yeah. sounds right. I'm gonna look it up. Yep, I can't remember specifically, but 
like they they're working on their next project so it's it's nice to see yeah, you have land. these it's nice to see you have these big names leave to head other projects and you're still able to come out with something like this yeah it's just it's incredible um even the new skill tree that they put in the relic skill tree um adds another layer you know it it doesn't bring anything new to the table in the sense of like oh this is a groundbreaking you know perk thing it just it enhances the build that you're already making so yeah just so many good changes and fun additions that i just can't get over this game man Cassie, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a minute. It has been a minute, but you are talking about one of my favorite racing franchises, Forza. I have to ask you how much that, you know, Cyberpunk is a, uh, is a story about redemption, I think. Uh, this, Forza Motorsport, I think is a story about revival. So how much does... Forza Motorsport, this new version revive the brand. Well, I can't say anything in comparison to Forza Motorsport 7. Didn't get to really play that one a whole lot, but they've really gone back to what the core of Motorsport was, which was about the com- the competition and you know honing in on your driving skills. They've really returned to focus on that quite a lot. Um, there's been a lot of asking, you know, why didn't they call it Forza Motorsport 8? It's because this game is expected to be a lot more than just a sequel. They are planning on making this kind of like a living and breathing, constantly evolving experience. They um, Live use the phrase. In other words. Sure, probably. You mean they didn't want to call it Forza Infinite? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Don't Drive it forever? Drive, uh, I don't know. But there's a reason they used the phrase like uh, creating a platform. It's because they they plan to really build off of this foundation that they have built. Um, So, you know, you still have your typical kind of modes. You have a career mode. Um, It's not story based. It's not like the Horizon games or even F123 where there's this big festival or event going on. It's just... Really, it's just get in the car and start racing. Start racking up the car XP so you can get all your upgrades. Because in the career mode, there's actually over 800 performance upgrades across over 500 cars. And every car has its own set of upgrades. Like, there's so much going on. Um, And half of it's going straight over my head. Because I'm not a car guru by any means. But the amount of customization to the different stats for your car. It's astounding. Um, So the career mode, they do it. Hold on. I have to look at my notes again. Uh, It's called the Builder's Cup is basically how they've done this. Um, There's a bunch of, there's five different tours, each with five different series. Each series has X number of um, races that you complete. 
Um, you have to unlock them in progression. You can't just go jump between all of them, which I, I, I feel like kind of sucks because like there's the modern tour. So you're thinking your current kinds of cars, but then you also can go back and play like classic roadsters. And I, I hate that I have to wait to get to go check out the older cars. I wish I could just jump right in, but, um, and then they have, um, power, they have open class, they have, um, muscle, like they have all these different categories. They get to go race through, rack up your trophies, take the podium. And yeah. Um, so you're saying for the, the unlocking of the, the different, cups and whatnot so mm-hmm. you know you got roadster you got let's just say professional i don't i don't know what they're called but yeah with those once you unlock them you can bounce between the different cups you just have to do the races in order is is that correct kind of so the very huh. first um tour is the modern tour and in that tour, there are five series. You complete the first series, which will unlock the first series of the next tour, but also the second series of that first tour as well. Um, so it doesn't give you like full bounce around ability. You know, um, you still have to progress through each tour before you can start getting into the other tours but it'll start letting you get into some of the series on the other tours as you're moving through each one. It's kind of confusing. And like I said, I kind of wish they would just let you openly jump into each tour, but unfortunately they don't. Um, I always feel like Forza has always had these kind of gates where you had to start on, you know, the the low letters before you could truly get into the the fast cars. Uh, The Mm -hmm. actually horizon fives, DLC Hot Wheels kind of does that a little bit. It doesn't feel as bad, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Turn 10 and these gates is, is kind of weird. <laughs> I do like it though, for the fact that you, you get to really get, I guess, kind of an intimate knowledge of each of the cars that you're driving then. So you spend a lot of time with each type of car and get really acquainted with how to handle that car. And then, like I said, honing your skills, if you're not doing too hot, when you start that particular tour, by the end of it, you're going to be a pro taking P1 on the podium all day. So I like sure. I guess it sounds like it. if I don't like driving muscle cars, which I which I don't generally, right? then it sounds like if I want to unlock something else, then I'm kind of like, uh, well, I have to get through the muscle cars in order to unlock potentially something that I do want to drive. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound good but is that is that correct see i i feel like it is i didn't quite make it all the way through muscle cars as it was i only got to play the game for a few days um i know lifed it for those few days i didn't do anything else but um yeah it does kind of gatekeep a little bit on some of the stuff that you might want to get to versus you know where you have to go first Mm -hmm. um but yeah but yeah you get you get really good with some of the cars and when you're unlocking all those upgrades and then you decide to go into the multiplayer you know you got those upgrades too to help you when you are actually going up against real people then um the multiplayer is the part that i actually found the most interesting though because you know 
typically with any game, whether it's shooter, racing games, whatever it is, you just go into the multiplayer screen and you queue up for matchmaking and it puts you in the lobby. They don't do that with this. And I can't remember if they've done this in the past, but they do it like it's a weekend racing event thing where it's like scheduled start times for races. So oh. like you can join the event, but the event doesn't start right then and there. It'll start like at 530. That's when that event will actually start. But you can join the event ahead of time and essentially queue up that way. And then once that event starts, it'll start letting people join for the next event. So it's not just like an open matchmaking system. Um, it's very structured, which is very strange and kind of annoying for people who do want to just go in, drop in, drop out, casual racing style, like you would do in any other game. Um, but at the same time, I kind of like that it's a more structured and more streamlined. You won't be sitting in queue times for a ridiculously long time because... You know, everybody's for 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. everybody's already like pre-queued into this race. So once the time hits, you're just going to go. Are so. you able to do anything while you're waiting or you just got to wait? I believe you can go around and just, you know, if you need to do upgrades to your car, if you want to look at those kinds of things, customizations, tuning your um, things like tire pressure and all that stuff, you can go and do your modifications in the meantime, I don't think you're able to go into other races, though, or any other. Are you, like, allowed to practice or, you know, just kind of just run the track until it's ready to go, like, on your own? I think you can do some free play stuff. Anything that you can probably easily get in and out of. Um, don't deep dive into anything, though, because obviously once that timer hits, you need to be ready to get into that multiplayer race, so... That's fascinating. No, no other Forza has done that except for exclusive like weekend races and things like mm -hmm. that where it was designed like, hey, this is what we're doing. But yeah, there's pretty much been open matchmaking of a type. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the entire structure of the multiplayer here. And they mm -hmm. even do it with qualifiers. So you have to actually do three qualifiers before you can even get into doing the actual event races. Um, That's for all multiplayer races? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. The only time you don't have to is private matches and the free play. Um, yeah, you have to do your qualifiers, and those are the same format, either scheduled time. Um, you do all three of those, and then you actually unlock doing the actual multiplayer event races. It does not sound like something that that's good for a working father. It's definitely going to be a pain for people who don't have flexible scheduling options. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I'm not a father, clearly, but um, <laughs> it's 2023. Who are we to judge? I don't know. <laughs> How? Um, so I, I was reading a, a few reviews. One of them that stood out to me was Jeff Gertzman's. Um, and he talked about the car upgrades. The car upgrades in the past have typically been you, uh, your car has a grade level when you buy it. Mm -hmm. And then you increase that grade as you upgrade it. Mm -hmm. But in this, it sounds like every car has its own progression and I don't know if the grade levels are there anywhere. You could speak to that, but it it doesn't sound like upgrading the car is what makes your car, I guess, progress in class or something like that. How do, how does that work? 
it does still have a progression system like that. Um, I've I've seen some of the comments about how the upgrade system is not like how it was in the past. They don't like this new system. I actually think that it's pretty good myself. But um, yes, your car does have a certain class that it starts off at. And depending on your upgrades, you could end up bumping it to another class, which could affect whether or not it can be used in, like when you're doing the career mode, it can affect whether or not it's actually usable in a particular series. So you do still actually have to pay attention to that when you're doing your upgrades. That's still there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's the, so what's the difference? I honestly can't remember. It's been a while since I've actually played a motorsport. I don't actually know anymore. Do you, uh, do cars have their own, per, I guess, for lack of a better way to personal progression? Yeah. So like I, I said, um, they have their own set of upgrades. Some cars will obviously have some similar upgrades like to uh, your drivetrain and your, um, your transmission, um, everything basically. Um, but like some cars might not have the same upgrade options as... You know, your supercars might have different upgrade options versus your um, your muscle cars. But um, other than that, yeah, they all have their own set of upgrades that you can make. Um, the main four things that you're really looking at is going to be your speed and acceleration as well as control and braking. Um, those are the four stats that you're mainly looking at with any upgrade you're doing, but then you can also tune things like your tire pressure and your fuel level to affect, you know, tire grip on the road, especially because this game does also have a weather system in it. Um, and then also, you know, how much fuel on your car affects the weight of the car uh, and that sort of stuff too. And then eventually, the more you level up the car, you eventually get to a point where you can even swap out entire parts and things like your body kit. You can change the entire body kit at some point or your entire drivetrain. So they, I feel like they did a really good job with the updates to the progression system versus the older ones. I don't remember the older games being as in depth as this one, but I guess there's still some people out there who don't prefer this system. So yeah, there's got to be something about it. Well, let's have a little small talk. How's the weather? How's the weather? Um, when the fog rolls in, you can't see the track really at all. That's a good time. Um, they've done... I, I love it, actually. So, yeah, the fog, definitely, it sits right there on the track. Makes it kind of hard to see. You got to be a little bit more careful. Um, the sun will blind you if it's directly in your eyes. And it'll rain, which if you're not careful with your braking, you're going to hydroplane. Um, you could be having a race at night. You could have your race in the early morning. You could do your practice in the morning and then race at night. Changes up everything that you've expected when you did your practice rounds. Um, yeah. Temperature matters, I, I imagine. Mm-hmm. They do show you what your basically your weather forecast is before you launch into any race. So you can kind of see what your expected road conditions should be. But then, like I said, your practice versus when the actual race happens, it could be completely different conditions. Do you and so feel you that could difference? Be, like if, you're, oh, yeah. if you're, it's dry day, no mm-hmm. rain, sunny skies, and then night, it's just, you know, pure night. Mm-hmm. Do you, you feel that? Uh, temperature difference? 
So I don't necessarily feel the temperature difference, but it's just not like, like on your body, but like yeah. in the way the car like grips on the on the track. It can definitely the Xbox intentionally overheats <laughs> yeah. during the day. Yeah, it just did it get cold in here to you guys? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, your tires react differently during different temperatures, and I do notice that when it's obviously a little bit cooler out, allegedly on the track. Um, maybe I'm not That's as cool. grippy. Um, but also, obviously, night versus day, if there's not as much light, it's a little bit harder to see what those turns actually look like. So visualizing the track is sometimes a bit different when it's a change of day, change of weather. Absolutely. Um, there are 20 completely rebuilt tracks, and each track has multiple layouts. So, like, one of them actually is uh, uh, Indianapolis. And they've got multiple layouts of that track, including stuff that whips through the middle of the track. Um, I tell you, some of those tracks are really annoying because I can't actually see anything that's going on. Um, <laughs> which maybe just because my vision's going bad. But at the same time, like there was one, there's just no lights at all on the inner track. I can't see anything that's happening. And like that guiding line just isn't showing up until I'm getting to that turn. And so it's sometimes just kind of hard to see when the uh, turns come break up. only. Yeah. But, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoyed the game quite a lot. I, I did make a lot of mental note comparisons to like F123, especially once I actually started racing F1 cars in the game, which we see here in the trailer. Um, F1 cars actually handled the best out of all of them. I love racing the of F1 course. cars. <laughs> They're so good. But actually, my highest leveled up car was a uh, it was a Hyundai. Oh God, what was it called? My, it was one of the first cars that you end up doing in like the second series of the first tour. It's my Hyundai. And that was the one that I leveled up most. I don't know. Oh, I just Genesis, really liked how that one was racing. So. Yeah. the genesis what's that no uh it's a uh, hyundai veloster i think is what it's called yeah hmm. i don't think we get to see it in the trailer unfortunately but yeah it's the one uh that's my feature picture on the review actually ah, speaking of what score did you give it 95 oh yeah it was right. great well um, I didn't really have complaints. I mean, graphically, the game's absolutely gorgeous. I know we saw some interesting comparisons out there. Um, not entirely sure what was up with those, unless you're playing on like a Series S or a 1080 Ti PC. Um, the game looks actually really fantastic. The only issue I ended up having graphics-wise was occasionally things like the trees might pop in and out of focus kind of thing. But other than that, no, um, you're getting incredible visual fidelity and performance um the sun like i said it'll blind you it looks really nice even when the fog you can see the sun rays coming through the fog the reflections off of the cars look cool it's it's a gorgeous game what and kept it, it from uh hitting 100 i don't know that i believe in absolute perfection <laughs> um no i mean i don't know it was a Didn't really you have great something game. to say about the AI. Oh yeah, the AI isn't uh, nearly as intuitive as it should be 
especially in comparison to some other racing games. Um, it just felt like, cause in most games, if you're doing what I like to do and just diving head on into every turn, like a psycho, typically the AI will compensate for that and not just smash right into the front of your car. But no, these cars did not care for my existence in the slightest and would constantly just be coming at me hard when I'm right there. I'm right next to you. What are you doing? And then the ones that just wouldn't even bother breaking. And so they'd be smashing me in the bumper all day. So they definitely they- need to w- rework some of the AI, even though they, they boasted having reworked the AI. I think there's still some work to be done there. Did they re- uh, bring back the driver tars? Yes, and it's entertaining. Um, one of the first races I did, I watched like five cars go straight off-road. It was great. They Probably just, how they drive. Yep. I love that need, they do you that. You need some new friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that that is a feature. Um, Add me. Too you fun to you watch. won't have that problem. I won't have that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my drive avatar is a little bit uh, violent. I tend to... I'll bumper car you all day. So violence begets violence. Apparently, the way your driver cars are acting. Oh man, mine are gonna be a little. Like I said, they're gonna dive right into those turns. You better not be there when they do. <laughs> You're gonna go fishtailing. I didn't get to watch any of the Call of Duty Next stuff. So I... I Lucky I, I for under- you, I watched all of it. <laughs> I'm sure you did, David. Not Sat even for your job. You would have and- done it even if it wasn't what you were supposed to be doing. <laughs> um, you can fill out invoices and watch Call of Duty, so... <laughs> multitasking at its finest. Yep. Is... Does Modern Warfare 3, is it a glorified uh, Modern Warfare 2 update? Oh, God. I didn't Maybe. realize you had to think this hard about this. I, I thought Maybe it, you ruined the no. thumbnail, no, 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 David. No, no, no. no it's kind of this it's, <laughs> it's It's one of those where you can go, maybe it is, but as long as they keep giving us the features we actually ask for, who cares? I'll play the same game as when you change things to be better for that game. Because there's a lot of people... I I personally, I still like Modern Warfare 2. I, I still think it played well. I, I still... Even if I don't necessarily agree with certain design choices that Infinity Ward made, I respect those choices. I get why they made those choices. Sure. And, you know, my opinion's not the only one in the room. However, I do like a high, <laughs> I like there being a higher TTK uh, as long as it's not like, like Call of Duty higher TTK is not like other games. Other games, it's like, man, I've got to shoot this guy for a whole minute before he's dead. Call of Duty high TTK is low for most other games. Oh, no, it takes two it's, more bullets. Yeah, it's not instantaneous. Like, yeah, it's not, it. <laughs> it's not instantaneous. It is pretty much how you can go with Call of Duty High TTK. Um, you know what? They took out the movement, a lot of the movement options. Heck, we went through the beta last year, 
and got into the game and they nerfed those even down further, like took what was already there and made it even rougher. Uh, so going through all these different things, no red dots on the minimap, all these different things that just for the core Call of Duty community just was something that frustrated them. And I've think, I think I've even made the joke on the podcast of Sledgehammer is the studio who's going to come in and they're going to literally change everything to what people want because that's just how Sledgehammer does things. Is this Sledgehammer the, the studio that generally doesn't create good Call of Duty? So what do you mean that by usually, they're so usually they're want. selling usually their selling point is we changed all of these things. It's not we made a Call of Duty game that's better than all the other Call of Duty games. It's we made the features what you want. They, they I don't want to say they pander, but they kind of do. We started with the game we wanted, and then we end up with the game you want. But the difference with Modern Warfare 3 is I like the Modern Warfare timeline. Most people like the Modern Warfare, the, the style of game that it presents, the, the modern military shooter. The issue was as Infinity Ward kind of was like, well, we want to be more realistic when that's not what makes Call of Duty the best that it is. Call of Duty at its best is the arcadey shooter. It's it's not here to be Rainbow Six or Battlefield and even even like and it was creeping trying to creep closer to those with its takes on realism. And Sledgehammer, you know what? I've I watched the gameplay of the streamers who are playing it there and I see a game that's back to that arcadey feel that we all want in the game, the fast-paced arcade. Now, you know, some people are going to be just... Uh, you've heard me use the term crackheads when they're moving around the map like crazy and whatnot, and that's okay. I'm happy with the way that they've adjusted things to make it work because... One of the biggest issues with the whole slide cancel idea, the reason that people started slide canceling, which essentially is a movement mechanic from Modern Warfare 2019 that was also in Call of Duty Vanguard, it was a thing that people used to, they figured out if we slide, then hit the slide button again to cancel it, and then hit the jump button to put ourselves back up to standing, it's a movement mechanic that not only could get you into certain positions quicker, but it also reset tax sprint, which was huge because you could just fly. You were essentially slide canceling every like three to five seconds to reset your tax sprint and fly around the map. Now with using taking the whole idea of slide canceling and building it into the game in a fashion where it is not re setting your tax sprint makes it so people aren't abusing this mechanic as much as they are utilizing it as a good movement mechanic. Cause that was the issue is it was a good movement mechanic, but it also made it easy to abuse a system in the game. Whereas now it's, it doesn't reset your tactical sprint. So you have to take that into consideration. You can't, you can't just abuse it all over the place and just fly all over. That's fixed. The TTK just talked about that. They've raised health to 150. 
which is already huge because health was a hundred. <laughs> like it was, you were dead in three in three bullets in most matches of Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Like it, it was just that quick. So it, it it was very nearly hardcore. Like I, I made the joke of we don't even have to go play hardcore, <laughs> and that was a the mode that I and my friends always played all the time. We preferred hardcore. Now we started playing regular because we wanted to play ranked because we kept getting thrown off where we'd go into ranked mode. Then we'd go back to hardcore. <laughs> and I was like, wait, this doesn't feel right. My my shooting doesn't feel right. And you barely notice it in Modern Warfare 2. It, like, Anthony, I know you, like, getting melted in some of those. And you were what, like, how? Yep. <laughs> I, I, back when we were playing it, because it's just so fast of TTK. And even as someone who's used to the faster TTK, it's just crazy. And, play, and watching there be actual amounts of bullets that are having to come out of somebody's gun to kill somebody <laughs> like it, it didn't just it wasn't just insta frying it was this okay there's a, like six bullets coming out like to hit these guys to make this work the recoils lower the the ads is snappier like this looks like an arcadey cod and that is what just is going to be so much fun to play and then you take it and you put it on these maps that everybody knows and loves because it, it's launching with 16 maps, all of which are from Modern Warfare 2 in, 29, in 2009. That is what they've decided to do is we're essentially putting out the remaster of Modern Warfare 2 in Modern Warfare 3. I know, funny. <laughs> but they've adjusted some things for scale like because obviously when you've got a game that is newer with movement that is so different, than it was back in 2009. You have to adjust how the game feels on that because otherwise you're going to be across the map in five seconds. Watching all of these streamers play, like, for instance, High Rise, oh, man, that was a nostalgia trip. That's the right way, but it's the right way to do it because the gameplay looked good on it. If you take just current modern... I, I kept saying that I wanted to play High Rise in Modern Warfare 2, the, the current game, but after watching it in Modern Warfare 3, it's like, okay, I'm happy you saved this because the game plays right for it. Like, I would not have been happy getting just insta-fried in Modern Warfare 2. But even further than that, Sledgehammer recognizes what made these maps great. Do, does everybody in here remember the old high-rise jump spots? I do not. Cassie, do you remember the high-rise jump spots? A bit, yeah. It's been so a es essentially on the map, there was this, there was a spot where you could jump up to a ladder, climb up, walk around a really small ledge. It was a glitch spot, essentially. And you could get on top of the building from just some climbing. And it was just one of these cheesy spots that's like, oh, man, you know, the, you always tried to get up there. Back in the day, the fun glitch spots. Sure, yeah. It's still there. <laughs> they made sure, even in this remake, that it's still in there. And that's one of the first things people tried to do as soon as they loaded into High Rise was, let's see if we can get up here. And you could get up there. And that, to me, is just... 
it shows that they recognize what was so great about these maps <laughs> and aren't just ripping things out of the map just because, oh, this doesn't work. Oh, this this is kind of a, a, a glitch, a cheese spot. Like they're 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 not taking these things away and instead they're they're reverencing the past of those maps. And that's just cool to see. Um, one of the other things that I saw today, and Noah can also talk about it. One of the one of the mechanics that we noticed is that they made a certain item called Battle Rage a tactical. And if I'm remembering right, uh, Noah, you can correct me. It's it's something, it, isn't it? That it kind of helps you regen your health when you're hitting bullets or something like that, or like yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember in what Warfare how two, it works. At least, it was like it was a field upgrade, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I think in this one, it's supposed to, I guess, kind of. It's like this inhaler thing that, yeah. Like I said, it almost seems like if you get hit, like you regen. If you hit bullets, you if you hit yeah. somebody, you're regening your health. It feels almost like, um, like a revamp or a new or a reimagining of Juggernaut from back in the day that yeah. old perk um, well in any case Shotzi the one of the aforementioned crackheads who's just sliding his butt off around the map he uses it and he proceeds to like slide around for like I think somebody said it was like 20 seconds or 8 seconds in front of this guy and take like 21 hits with bullets but because he has you that he figured out that he could use this battle rage. If you look down at his health bar, somebody zoomed in on it and put it on on Twitter. It looks like an audio bar of it goes down and goes up and goes down and goes up. So he's staying alive this whole entire time. And all I can imagine is how frustrating that has to be. But it also you look at it and you're like, crap, this is going to be in the beta. People are going to be abusing this. This is going to suck. One of the first things that happens as t- tonight, after all of this COD next stuff is is over and things have clear, you can tell things have cleared up. Is Sledgehammer gets on Twitter and says that they see that and that they've already find they've they have already fine tuned this issue <laughs> in their future builds of the game or, or in the beta build that we are going to play. I am so happy, not just because of oh, this is fixed. It's, we have not had this kind of fast communication on in-game issues in a second, and it's nice to see a team immediately jumping on. That doesn't mean it's going to be the standard going forward. It's just, a not, it, it's compounding all of these good feelings I have, and it's taking the one thing that was kind of, oh, crap, and fixing, and I'm seeing a fix for it. And it's just it's that means that puts the game in a very good place because it's it's the bad thing happened and it's already being looked at. So it's like there's all these multiple things of they're doing this right. They're doing this right. They're doing this right. And I'm getting to see my it's like seeing all of your issues addressed in real time watching COD next because I'm seeing the TTK be better. I'm seeing these different things I'd. They are bringing back, of course, the the uh, ninja perk, so you can run around completely silent. They did say it will be completely silent if you choose that. 
that doesn't mean it's going to be meta. It might not be the way you want to go. There there may be some other, from what I understand, there's a another pair of, they are going with the footwear is how you change certain perks. Like they're, they're actually attributing your perks to certain pieces of gear now. Mm. And from what I heard with Sh- something Shotzi talked about is there's a different thing that might be more meta than sneaky sneakers. <laughs> sure. But... It's like it's cool to see all of these things work out. Um, I would rock the, the, the ninja. Oh yeah, personally. Uh, beyond all of this map voting, I am so flipping happy to have map voting back because I cannot tell you how many times I have loaded into a match recently, <laughs> and all of us. There is almost always one person on our team that's like dome. They, they say the map name like of the one that we don't want to play because I'm the one who's the party leader and I'm sometimes off messing with my guns or stuff. So I have to jump back real quick and exit us out and then jump us back in. Now we can <laughs> vote for a different map. We will never play a bad map again <laughs> because at least there's two options. <laughs> so it's it's again the things that we have asked for that are I want this here. Like it makes me so happy when you slide your you can bring your gun up almost immediately now to shoot back so you can actually use sliding like you could slide in Modern Warfare 2 and at the end it has worked better so I've used it a lot more but there are moments where it was almost point there was a point in this game it was pointless to slide and and you're talking to someone you're talking to somebody who again we always joke around about how much david loves a slide in a video game and it was pointless in modern warfare 2 like i i would i just resorted to just jumping around the corner yeah now i actually utilize it <laughs> so it's just it's cool to see all of these things just falling into place there's still so much more that's ahead obviously we get to start the beta tomorrow i'll be myself and noah are already ready i've already got my snacks so i can sit here and not move for like two days um plain honey like cereals ready to go (laughs) i do not have any of those i I have had to try to eliminate the empty carbs you are disappointing me right now it's not empty carbs when you're playing call of duty (laughs) you're you're burning calories as you're sweating and i'm sure that i'm sure i'm gonna find like some things that are some field upgrades and stuff like that and whatnot it's like "Eh, i don't like this there's probably even gonna be some of the new maps that still aren't that great but you know what I'm happier with the sound of how I'm going to be playing this game than I was just with with how this game has turned out. Like I'm I'm much more hyped about the what they have done to change the game I want to play into the game I want to play. <laughs> and there's other stuff that's cool too like Mo- Modern Warfare Zombies sounds great. It's essentially an open world Kind of they're taking the DMZ concept and throwing it into zombies, except it's not DMZ. Uh, they've got all of that going on. The stories going on in that. They've got Warzone. Obviously, is coming back with a new map that really seems like Verdansk, which I know a lot of people are very excited about going back to that. And the the movement changes are coming back into this one as well as the health changes. 
uh, different things with the UI, which we didn't even get into the fact that red dots are on the mini map again. So that's cool. Now you can go hunt red dots again for, for people that don't understand the idea when it comes to red dots. Red dots essentially are when someone shoots a gun that they did not put a suppressor on, they show up on the map. That was completely absent in Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> to the point where I wondered why in the heck we even had suppressors in the game. <laughs> like, the only thing it would protect you from is UAV. Yeah. But even at that point, it doesn't really matter. Um, but it's like, it's just super cool seeing that in there. The Them working through all these things. Like, Warzone's already in a better place. And even if Modern Warfare, like, it looks like the multiplayer, honestly, is going to launch way bigger than Warzone. Warzone's at least starting in a better place than it did last year because it was I gave it a great score. I liked the changes, but not everybody. I was in the minority (laughs) on liking the way Warzone changed. And I liked previous Warzone as well. So it's it's that thing of they're just they're just making things work for everybody. Because the changes worked for the minority it it didn't work for everything and now the changes are going to work even better um and that's not that's also they've already talked about one of the things i didn't expect they would talk about at all ranked play they're actually bringing ranked play into the multiplayer side faster than they ever have it's going to be a part of season one and then early next year they're going to have warzone ranked play and they're bringing back two old maps for of the resurgence maps, Fortune's Keep, which is one of my favorite maps that they've done in in Warzone. And then they're bringing back Rebirth, which I know it, most of the Call of Duty community loves Rebirth Island. So I'm I'm excited to see that. I'm excited that they're starting by bringing Vondel and Ashika into Warzone Three. So it's like these are two maps that play well. And they're going to play even better when you've got good movement mechanics, better health, all these things put together in it. It's just it's just an awesome compilation of seeing all of these things work that that we want to see end up in the in the game. Like there's really just not a lot to be negative on and the one thing that I was about to be really negative on this weekend, they've already addressed it. So it's just Call of Duty is like I know we're talking about Cyberpunk being back. Call of Duty's back. It's it's back as well. One of the things that, you know, to add on top of, you know, David getting good vibes and a good feeling for what's coming up, one of the things that they that stood out to me during the next event was them mentioning that they've talked with CDL pros about certain aspects and components and i think that's something that some devs don't do enough is talk to the pro players um because doesn't call of duty developers do that every year which they do it i'll be honest it just falls on deaf ears for some so it's nice to see we're actually seeing them listening like again Mm -hmm. when you see these changes it's almost like we're getting that feedback it's that they're listening to that feedback in real time is almost what it feels like because we're seeing the change okay 
David, I'm oh, curious ahead, about your opinion on this because I'm kind of on the fence with it too. Because, you know, Modern Warfare 2019 was also a huge revival for Call of Duty. You could basically say that it outlived both of its successors in terms of how long it actually got played very consistently. Um, a concern that I've been seeing is that, you know, even though we're hyping up Modern Warfare 3 to be another revival, do you think people might also just get burnt out on it if it's still too much like Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 2019? I I mean, they, I very much assume they can, but the people who've already played it, like, when they are when some of the most pe- people who have been critical of it are praising it and really have, they're really at that point where they're like, we have nothing really bad to say because like, for instance, modern Warzone, uh, he specifically said when they left the last call of duty next, they, he said, I fe- felt like I was at a funeral for a friend because I felt like I gave all this feedback and they weren't listening to any of it. Whereas here, he said, I feel like I've left, like, hyped up over the prospect of what's to come. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but I feel like we're at least in a much better state at this point for the people who are the most worried about the game. Like, they're, it's mainly that the specific issues have been addressed. Mm-hmm. That that people the people's specific issues. It's not that okay. Well, we found a solution. No, they just implemented <laughs> the the literal what people were asking for. So, oh, you want higher TTK? We have higher health. Oh, oh you want uh, you want better maps? We're literally going to take one of the best multiplayers from our past and put those maps in the game. Oh, you want you know you want. Red dots on the minimap. Red dots are on the minimap. <laughs> like it, it's the thing of I, I. And there's there's still some people who are like, don't praise them for doing the bare minimum. Yeah, but I gotta make sure they know that I really appreciate that they stuck the things in the game that everybody wanted. <laughs> like, this is what people wanted, and they did it. It's not the bare. It's not technically the bare minimum. You can have just a completely different design philosophy, and that's what Infinity Ward had. They had a completely different design philosophy than what the the core players wanted. And I'll be honest, it catered to casual players, and the core players, of course, don't like that. And who's going to be the more vocal in that? The core players, because they're the ones who are investing the most money on it. You know. To, Dad who comes home, dad of three who comes home, sits on the couch in front of a 50 inch TV to play Call of Duty. He's the one that's not he's not buying the crazy battle pass and all that stuff. It's your core players who are usually doing that. So the fact that they're addressing the core players in this next game, it just it speaks volumes to me. Noah, have you been able to play the full release of Sea of Stars yet? I just now got out of Night City for the third time. So I've, <laughs> I've been kind of a resident of Night City for a while. I mean, Sea of Stars came out a while ago. I mean, a while relative to when Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty 
came out. But yes, a month. I mean, I, I, I was waiting outside the gate of Night City, and then once the, <laughs> then they let me in, and I've been there ever since. Nothing. Nothing. I was else standing mattered. in line. Okay, standing in line. Yeah, for Night City and the Whoa. queue. <laughs> Ten thousand people. I well, I was asking because I know you played the demo. I played the demo. We shared a love of Sea of Stars. I didn't really value your opinion on it until I played the demo for myself, and it was like, "Oh, frick, this is a must-play game." And then, of course, oh, I realized thanks. it was on, on Game Pass. And so, uh, apparently, you thought it was a must-play game, but you haven't actually played the must-play game yet. So, I played the must-play game on your behalf for you. Thank you. And I will say, uh, this, have you guys ever played, you know, the kind of game where you, you play the demo and then you play the actual thing and then you realize pretty much what you played in the demo is, is the whole thing. That's what Sea of Stars is. It, whatever you play in the demo, that's pretty much the, ex- you experience pretty much everything except for the story itself. So that's not a bad thing. You just understand there's really not a whole lot to say about this because it's fashioned after old school JRPGs and it moves in the direction that it does. And that's it. And at the end of the day, it's just good. The story so far has been good. I have enjoyed the journey that they've taken me on. My problem though is i i like the sub characters the main characters they don't really have their own personality it's kind of weird they're not so silent that there would be considered silent protagonists in the same way that link would be but they say just enough to insinuate they have some kind of personality but they don't talk enough to actually demonstrate that personality so it feels weird that all the sub characters like have all this personality like oh yeah i i can understand who this character is i i am attached to them emotionally because of the personality that they exude or you know whatever i feel some type of way about that character the main two characters they're just kind of like all right you get excited when somebody else is excited you ask questions you do this you do that but they're like What's your personality? Like, I, I'm not really getting that vibe. So I think it's the fact that they talk at all that kind of throws me off. I feel like they should have just been silent protagonists so that I can insert myself into who I think they should or could be or whatever. But because they do have lines of dialogue here and there, I kind of get taken out of that and I'm like, Oh, you do have your own personality, but it's not really showing. So that, that part's a little weird. David, you got a smirk on your face. Like, I don't know if you understand or you're kind of confused. Oh, I'm just listening. Okay. I'm glad I'm so drinking it in. (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's otherwise the the story itself I am very intrigued. I'm disappointed I won't be able to finish the game because I need to work on the next game for next week. But um I really do want to finish this game. Like yeah, I really drawn in to what this world is doing. And to me, the feel of it as does have that old school kind of 90s JRPG Chrono Trigger ish, but also 
definitely inspired by Golden Sun kind of vibes to it. So I really enjoy it. It all works together. There are some moments where it definitely feels like it's written by an indie studio because there are some things that's like <laughs> that. That's not something they would probably actually say in this world that you've created. But okay, we'll 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 go with it. Um, so you got those moments, but generally, I would say the writing is pretty good um, overall. It is it is interesting. It draws me in. The character dialogue is is fun. It works. The jokes land. The seriousness when there needs it to be lands. So they they hit all the emotional beats in a way that is intriguing, satisfying. Once I want to have more of it, um, I would say if you are a non-turn based player like David and you, you, you stray away from those mostly because of how, I guess, mundane the turn-based action can be. It's just select an action, do the action, all that. I would say this is the best happy medium for a game that's strictly turn-based. Because every turn, you should be aware of timing. So like in Paper Mario, if an enemy tries to hit you, you can press the A button to reduce some of the damage that's given to you. You could do that in Sea of Stars 2. Also, on the flip side, you can increase the amount of damage you can do uh, with your attacks or even hit multiple times if you can time your attacks right. So every turn, you are engaged with the offense, engaged with defending so that way you can maximize your damage because sometimes if you don't, you're in big trouble. So you are always incentivized to maximize your damage and to reduce as much damage as possible. And it is, it makes it tough uh, at times, especially the bosses. Um, they're, those, those challenge you in ways that I didn't really think <laughs> this, this game could get challenging so i respect the difficulty level because it, it could get really intense really fast and you have to do good item management you're always having to pay attention to the timing of your blocks the the amount of damage you have so this if you are if you like or at least somewhat interested in jrpgs but you were turned off by the turn-based aspect of jrpgs this solves that to me. This this is absolutely the thing you should engage with and and give a shot because yeah, I'm not bored whatsoever. Um, I am thoroughly engaged with it. Um, otherwise, I mean that's kind of it. It's really straightforward. I mean, there's items you get, you can equip stuff. It makes you stronger. <laughs> like it is very like '90s JRPG in that way so it doesn't do much to include modern methods of jrpgs nowadays but it does just enough to separate itself a little bit and keep it more interesting than what 90s rpgs did in the past so 
when I say there's really not much to it, like everything, Noah, you played in the demo, like you, you tasted, you tasted every little mechanism that is available in the game. At this point, it is more so just play through the game, play through the story, see the challenges, meet the boss, you know, all that, meet the characters. That that's where all the fun genuinely comes from because the game itself is not necessarily all that deep beyond what you playing the demo so that sea of stars i think it's a i think it is a very very good game i think it i think it's in my top 10 for this year so far um it hits and it hits very well so i i really like sea of stars and i want to play more of it but i have to Play something else next week. <laughs> so yeah, it is actually. In I I my want to position. go go back and play through the full game, but it's there's so many games this year, and I'm so far behind. I was about know. to say, bro, you just described this year. Yeah, I want to play this, but I have other things I need to play yeah. this. Year. Yeah, so oh, I understand. I picked but up I, my Assassin's Creed Mirage last night. I'm probably not playing the game for six months at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's another one that needs to be played. I'm- I have so many games just installed on my computer right now that it's like I installed it with the intention of playing it, <laughs> and I have yet to touch it. Like uh, Remnant Two, sitting here. Oh installed. yeah, I've played that for about forty-five minutes and need to play more. I would of it. like to play it, but when am I going to have the time to play Remnant Two? <laughs> Remnant Two. Remnant it's a good game. I know you yeah. say it like it's some castaway game. <laughs> and that's a thing. There's so many games this year that aren't. <laughs> so it's yeah. like when you're making it feels like this year when you make a choice to not play something, it, it feels a lot worse. <laughs> no, it does. You feel like you're <laughs> neglecting something. Yep. When it's just, I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. I've I've managed to get through the whole, you know, we talk all about j- just different things when it comes to the review process and stuff. This, I am in the midst of one of the tougher spots that I've been in like all year. And I'm one of the people who's been benefited from not every game has been my kind of game that I want to play. So I've been able to largely attack things one at a time. That is just not happening right now. <laughs> nope. Nope. All right, well, that'll do it for this podcast. Very good. Very good. We'll be back next week talking about some more games because it's October, so we're definitely going to have something new to play. So, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Deuces.